Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Planted and Growing. My name is Grace. And I am Christina. And today we will be talking about minimalism. Um, I was watching the documentary yesterday. It's called Minimalism on Netflix, and it sparked interest in me because I know that Christina practices minimalism. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. not sure how extreme, but I know that it's something that you've been into for quite some time, and I thought that it would be interesting to hear your take, and I know that I am would not call myself a minimalist, but I have really um, redirected the way that I look at what I have and what I bring in, and I've been getting rid of a lot of stuff over the last couple years, so I thought it would be fun to talk about because the less, the better. Amen. Ironically, which a lot of people think it's the other way around. And that was basically one of the main reasons for why uh, the two men in the documentary who also wrote a book, and uh, I guess they have a podcast too, you said, right? Mm-hmm. They're called the, the Minimalists. Yeah, um, that was ba- one of the main reasons why they decided to kind of turn their lives around, because I guess um, they had said that both of them in their 20s spent all of that time, all of the 20s basically, climbing the corporate ladder of wherever they were working, and it just felt very mundane and wasn't really giving them much in <clears throat> much joy or pleasure or anything, and they're both like, well, you know, like, I had the typical American dream going on, like, I had all the things and all the stuff and the big house, and it still, like, just left me feeling empty, and um, I think that the more, or I don't really know if it has to do with growing older per se, but maybe just the more I work on detachment, the less things I feel the need to want to consume. Hmm. For sure. Yeah, no, that all resonates with me. Um, I've been practicing minimalism, I think, probably for like five years now. So in 2015, when I went backpacking across Europe with my partner Keith and our friend Sean for three months. I lived out of the backpack for three months. And so after that experience, I uh, came back to all of my belongings. Actually, before I left Europe in 2015, I also had the mindset that I possibly wanted to move to Europe. So even before um, going to Europe and like having a very minimalist lifestyle for three consecutive months. I was also like, if I were to move to Europe, would I take this item with me? So I was already in the process of like clearing my possessions and not really um, wanting ha- wanting to have very many. And then after the, the trip, I continued to feel that way. I was like, I just don't need all of the stuff that I have. And Um, It's definitely a a long process when you're um, working towards having less belongings. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember a time when I was getting rid of a lot of my things. It actually, like, uh, affected me emotionally for a few days where I was like, did I mean to get rid of all of that stuff? (laughs) Right. But over time, I realized that I'm a lot more happier with more simplicity. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so... I've just have been, there's been like a combination of things. So I'm minimalist, I'm low waste. And so I, I don't, I also have a practice of not really bringing very much into my life because I have a lot of uh, 
In my previous position, I was kind of like working within the waste industry. So I have a lot of experience and understanding and thought process of like a lot of the things that we see in this world will eventually end up in a landfill. <laughs> so it just makes me kind of have that mindset where it's like we can definitely have a lot of things in our life, like a lot of happiness, creativity, all of the things that you want to have in your life. Um, but it can get really cluttered and when it gets cluttered, it can like clutter your mind and stuff. So um, in addition to like my minimalist journey, um, when we moved from Orange County, California to Austin, Texas, that was a big uh, adjustment in belongings as well. Um, I didn't, I still didn't have very many belongings, but continued to like not, it continued to have even less belongings. And so, yeah, our, our apartment is currently pretty minimalist because don't really have the desire to like bring more things in and just kind of bring in things that are valuable and hit up the thrift stores. Um, to kind of fill in the things that you might randomly need. Like there's random kitchen tools that I have mm -hmm. like a list for that I would want to like add to our kitchen. But, um, which is like another thing, another layer of my like consumption style is that I like to buy secondhand as well, just to like lower my impact. Um, I think that's like <laughs> my minimalist journey mm -hmm. in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, and with furniture, not to mention that most of it is fast furniture, which is basically like the fast fashion of the furniture industry, where not only is it made very cheaply, but it doesn't last long. And therefore, like you said, it's going to end up in the landfill a lot quicker than something that maybe cost a bit more. Maybe that's custom made or something secondhand. Like I know a lot of vintage furniture can be kind of pricey, but I mean, if it's still, if it's still in good good condition and working just as well then obviously it was made better in the first place and mm -hmm. it's meant to last a lot longer um mm -hmm. so i feel you on that but i don't really have you know that same experience of moving out or anything i've um lived in every room besides my parents room of this house so there's four rooms total and um before i moved into the bigger room i was in the room downstairs which was very small and I would say that I probably have less stuff now in like the way larger room than I did in the smaller room because like I said over the years I've just really gone through everything multiple if not a few times a year um, I just get these random like I'll look in my drawer with for what I want to wear and I'm like I don't ever wear ever wear this like why am I still holding on to it and a lot of the time it's for like a sentimental reason because I am a very sentimental person and when you walk into my room you kind of get overwhelmed because it looks like a lot of stuff but it's just like a lot of because I have like a lot of art on my walls and I have a lot of plants and a lot of books so it, initially it kind of looks like there's a lot of stuff but if you were to like go through everything I would say it's not you know as much stuff as some people collect within the years that they live in a house like the fact that I've lived here for 18 years um and I have what I do I feel like some people never stop um consuming and never stop bringing in and then they also don't give anything away either so it's mm -hmm. like you know the things become an ocean of junk and 
yeah, I think that um, one thing that I did like about the documentary was because um, part of the documentary was them, well, basically the whole thing was them going on tour for their book. So they're stopping in lots of different cities all over the country talking about their book and stuff. And um, he was saying that someone had come up to him and they were just like explaining how much they love books. And he's like, you can keep your books. Like that's the whole point of minimalism is you bring in the things that bring you joy and then you get rid of the things that don't. And so if you like to collect books and collect books, and I think that um, now that I've gotten to a place where I don't like to bring in as much stuff when I see other people do it, especially people who live in my house, like my mom just buys stuff all the time. And, um, my boyfriend likes to collect, uh, video games and comic books and a lot of that stuff. And I'm always just like, but do you really need it? (laughs) And I think that it's like, obviously not fair of me to number one, push my beliefs onto somebody else. And then number two, like get annoyed when they don't do what I think is right in my own perspective. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's tough. I mean, I used to, like, struggle with that type of thing. It's been, like, a long process of, like, I would hold on to my stack of magazines because I'm, like, I'm going to need this sometime. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, just clothing. Like, it's just... there. I have a lot of clothing that has sentimental value, too, because I grew up sewing, and there's, like, dresses that have been, like, sewn by hand. Well, like, sewn by hand, so it's, like, I want to keep that. But it's challenging sometimes. There's definitely an interesting balance. Minimalism is different for everyone. And it's definitely a journey where it's like, this is more important for me to own. This is not as important for me to own. So I was also feeling like, uh, I don't know, like this interesting thing about minimalism, this debate I have in my head about whether or not I want to consume books digitally or the physical book. And it's more minimalist, I would think, to consume them digitally. And so it's like this debate in my head about whether or not I want another book in my life versus it being digital and then it's not going to have an impact. Yeah, so it's, it's not like tangible. Yeah. So it's just yeah, things to think about, you know? Mm-hmm. I think for me personally, I, I've never really tried... Um, very hard to read digitally but I just the couple times that I ever have I'm just like this does not feel the same I love highlighting things in books I love letting people borrow books I love donating them when I'm done with them um, because I would say about 75% if not more of my books are um, used from the last bookstore is usually where I get them um, in LA and um, I just think that there's something special about owning a book especially one that you really love and that you'll read multiple times over and stuff like that and again one of my favorite parts of owning them is letting people read them because if it impacted me significantly like I want them to also be able to possibly resonate with it and I know for a fact that probably most people wouldn't go out of their way to download it or to buy it digitally you know Mm -hmm. like just handing it over probably will help them receive it and help them want to actually have it if it's like sitting there on their desk all the time as like a reminder hey I gotta read this book but I've always loved books so that's just that's just me though (laughs) no 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 I feel the same way like 
all of that resonates with me mm-hmm. and that's why it's a debate in my head right but i've gotten to this place of minimalism where it's like i don't even know if i want to bring a book into my life <laughs> <laughs> what if it was like i bring Used. in a book have to read it and then as soon as i'm done reading it i either donate it or give it to somebody and then i can buy a new book or something sure. like that yeah or just get it from the library as mm-hmm. well yeah um, systems yeah I've been like, I don't know, just lately I've been liking the immediacy of the the digital book and then my Kindle is a nice size in my hand and so I can mm. kind of like lay in any position. Right. Um, also, having that at night must be really nice because mm-hmm. that's one thing that I've always struggled with is being able to read at night because obviously I don't want to like bug my boyfriend sleeping next to me with a light on mm-hmm. or, you know, just in general, the lighting in my room isn't amazing for books <laughs> right yeah so i yeah that's that's what the debate is it's like there's there's pro i think that the my kindle is making me read more it's like kind of interesting where you can see your your progress at the bottom and you're just like tap into the right to turn the page and you're like i'm reading and, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool i didn't know that I did that yeah so and then you can highlight on it as well and so um i'm actually I resisted it a lot, a lot of those reasons where I was like, I want to hold a physical book, I want to highlight it, I want to write in it, I want to share it, and I feel those things, but I also feel like these benefits that I've been getting from doing it digitally, and I'm like, okay, well, this is helping me with my, like, minimalist journey, Mm -hmm. but I go back and forth, and then I can just go to the library as well, but anyway, um, do you have any other, like, questions about minimalism? I don't know. Um, What would you say is... Hmm. like the hardest thing to hold back on buying is there like anything particular because I know for me personally it's like skincare Mm -hmm. (laughs) um Mm -hmm. I would say that I'm pretty good about um the amount of things I buy in general but I do tend to buy things when I'm not done using the other thing first because I like trying a bunch of different things Mm -hmm. um which can be good but then also if I don't like something then it's gonna go to waste which is not good so there's been um kind of like a back and forth and I think that's something that um is the same way in a couple of different categories but mostly with skincare and like you know just products like that yeah I'm having a hard time thinking of something (laughs) I'm just such a like I'm not very much of like a consumer and I'm trying to like think right now where that came from um but have you always been that way right I think that I have like I don't I guess I've it's always been kind of embedded for me to be like a minimalist person I mean so the things that I would always hold on to or like sentimental things were like books um photographs uh yearbooks um yeah, I just don't have very many knickknacks anymore, or, um, I don't know, that's strange. Yeah, no, I just don't have very many things anymore, and maybe that's just because it's been a period of time, like, five years is a decent amount of time for mm-hmm. you to kind of, like, unload and and then kind of change your mindset, and I also feel like my low-waste journey has definitely influenced as, influences my purchasing as well, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just learned a lot in the last year where it's like there's a lot of uh, <laughs> waste on this earth and I'm trying my best not to contribute to it anymore. Mm-hmm. So 
it makes me feel better not to consume. Right. Yeah, it's interesting when the shift starts to take place and you start, it's like almost unnoticeable, I would say. You don't really notice when you start liking to get things less, but Mm -hmm. I know that in the past, even the past, like, maybe, I would say maybe the past two, two years, I've probably um, downsized a lot and also um, stopped consuming as much, but I know that like when me and my boyfriend first started dating, like I loved going shopping and I loved getting my nails done and I loved buying makeup and wearing makeup and I don't know what it is exactly that one day you're just like, I don't really feel like putting on makeup anymore and then next thing you know, you haven't worn it in like months, you know? Mm -hmm. And the same thing for clothing. I don't know when I stopped liking shopping, but I hate shopping. (laughs) I used to love shopping and I can't stand it anymore and I think once you start to, um, you start to do um, research and find out information about fast fashion specifically Mm -hmm. and also just the way that things are made and how cheaply everything's made and how unnecessary most things are you just kind of start to see through it and you're like this is this brings me nothing like this adds nothing to my life besides saying that I have it um and I I feel that really strongly with like designer brands and I've seen people say that most things that have a label on it probably would never be purchased by anybody, but just because it has a label, it's seen as, like, superior. It's, like, a statement. Like, look, I have this money, so that's why I have this expensive thing. And I know that um, my boyfriend, CJ, told me that... I don't remember how I asked this, like, what the question was specifically, but I think it was, like, what was the most expensive thing you bought your ex or something like that? And he was, like, I bought her a $300 purse, and I, like, almost threw up. I was, like, what? I would never in a million years spend that much money on anything, pretty Uh, much. Technology. Yeah, but besides technology, like, or even then, like, if I could find a better deal, but I mean, like, physical, like, I don't know, like, like fashion wise like Same. i would never spend that much money on shoes on jeans nothing you you couldn't you could if, if you're buying it for me maybe but even then like i don't know i just feel like I that's feel that. so far fetched from something that i could ever ever want in my life <laughs> we are not the same <laughs> right uh that reminded me of two things so first thing is did you hear that john mayer ha- came out with a song I know that you're a John Mayer fan. Drone uh, drone shot of my yacht. He was just what? joking around on Instagram. <laughs> no, I haven't. But it just reminded me of, like, you're talking about just designer things. It's like, just celebrities just taking pictures of their yachts from a drone. <laughs> was it, like, satire? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. That's funny. He's on a roll right now. <laughs> um, and I also, yeah, that actually reminded me that one of the triggers towards me consuming less because like one of the consumption thing is like the fast fashion and there was this period of time where I was buying Forever 21 pretty consistently and I bought two items and they lasted like a month mm, <laughs> and I would yeah and so that was like I had been thinking about it with previous purchases, like, I really shouldn't shop at Forever 21 anymore. But then it got to the point where those items that I thought, you know, would last longer than a month, both got holes in them. And I'm like, this is probably not sustainable. (laughs) So, 
yeah, no, fast fashion is kind of, uh, that awareness is definitely a shift in, uh, in purchasing and, and yeah, the designer bags and stuff is definitely not the greatest thing for the environment. I always want to support, uh, more sustainable businesses. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, being a sentimental person and being a, min a minimalist is kind of hard because <laughs> mm -hmm. I have this chest, this like Winnie the Pooh chest that I've had since I was like a baby and it's full of photographs, notes, pictures, cards, and just a bunch of little like things that I've collected throughout basically my entire life. Like I still have notes from like my first boyfriend and like stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, it doesn't really cause clutter because it's in one place. And even now it's like in the attic. It's like not even in my room. But I know for a fact that if I were to lose it or like, you know, discard of it, I wouldn't miss it. You know, it's just the mm -hmm. sentimental factor that's making me hold on to it for when I do want to look back on it one day, which right. I would say that when it was in my room, I would look back on it every once in a while just for fun. And it's always fun looking through that stuff. But do I need every single little note? Like I literally have this note that's like falling apart because it's so old. It's like, <laughs> do I need this note of this boy asking me to go to homecoming with him? Like, no, I don't need that because I have the memory of it forever. And so I think that um, having to pull away from that can be really hard, especially for someone like me. Um, and I do have a lot of knickknacks, but I mean, I don't know. It, like, I don't need to justify them, you know, but at the same mm -hmm. time, um, I have to also regulate myself and understand that if I'm going to bring something in, I have to get rid of it get rid of at least two other things before I can bring new things in. That's usually how I do it now. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of these things I've had forever. Like right now I'm staring at on my dresser, this little uh, ceramic hand-painted bowl that this girl in first grade got me. And it's just really cute. And I use it to put my rings in it, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so just like little things like that I still have. And um, I think that as long as it's something that's going to, again, make you happy and bring something to your life and not just sit and collect dust then yeah go ahead and bring it in and I think that even still as much as I go through my stuff and get rid of stuff I could still do it probably once a day and find something that I can that I would feel like I would be okay giving up mm -hmm. and it's just crazy to think that people go their entire lives without sorting through stuff and they don't even know what they have in the back of their closet you know right yeah, I think that's like a big difference too. Like, I think that for the, if your possession count is like higher than you feel like it should be, or you're feeling like you should judge yourself or someone else is going to judge you about it, it's like if everything that you have has value and you like are aware of all of your possessions, then I think that you're on the right path. It's, yeah, the people who have consumed so much that they don't even know what they have and it's all jammed into their closet or they have a storage space because they have so much stuff. It's like, mm -hmm. And that's a little something deeper. <laughs> when I was uh, watching the um, documentary yesterday, they were saying about how back in the day, like when, you know, our moms and our grandmas used to go shopping, it was for when you were cold and when you were warm. And mm -hmm. it used to be a four season cycle of clothes. Guess how many seasons, and I quote, I air quote that, um, most places will go through in a year. A lot. 52 <laughs> a season a week yeah basically yeah like to the point where you can't even keep up and that's why um 
with clothes and stuff now like yeah I like to look cute but I want to look cute for myself and what I think is cute and not what is in because it changes Mm -hmm. so quickly that you like I said you just can't keep up and Mm -hmm. why would you ever want to look away or dress away for the approval of others I feel like that completely then that's you're never wearing or you're never having your own style you're just doing what you think other people will think you look good in and that's also where I think like designer clothes fall into line as well it's like you know those people don't wear them because it makes them happy it makes them happy because other people tell them that they look good in it or like you know it's like I said it's a stimble a stimble <laughs> I was gonna say status symbol <laughs> it's a stimble a uh, new word but um anyway and again maybe I'm completely wrong maybe people do like buying designer fashion because it looks nice and it's expensive and it feels good it's well made who knows I don't know I'm not into designer clothes so I wouldn't know so no judgment I'm just saying that I feel like for the most part when I look at something that's designer it's like I don't think that looks good and I think that no one would wear it if it didn't have that I don't know Versace or Gucci label on it or whatever the hell (laughs) maybe I'm just bitter because I don't have that much money to spend on stuff like that (laughs) I mean honestly when I'm trying to like unpack my like low consumption is because I just don't want to spend the money (laughs) oh yeah you know of course that it kind of just goes hand in hand it's like well I'm not gonna be go out and buy things on a on a regular I I buy my essentials I buy plants and I like I don't know I'm investing in myself in different ways and it's not with stuff right yeah Yeah. because you find happiness and enjoyment out of living Mm -hmm. not out of the stuff around you and um that was like another thing that the men had talked about um was that they just had so much stuff around them that they really never got to do the things they wanted to do or pay attention to the people that mattered most to them because they were just Mm -hmm. constantly trying to have more and the newest Mm -hmm. and the best um I would like to read the book actually I just found out yesterday about these guys and stuff but um it seems like you've known about them for a little bit yeah, I listened to their podcast for a good chunk of time. Maybe I'll revisit it because um, my podcast feed is way too large for me to keep up with all the podcasts. <laughs> but they'll just their podcast is pretty lengthy too, so oh, they'll really? talk for a decent amount of time. Um, and yeah, they they seem like really good people. Um, like in current day or the last time I was listening to their episodes, they were um, working to raise funds for a co-op in their area so that you know people on like there's like an area in their in their town that doesn't have a lot of grocery stores and so they have to like all these low-income families have to go like across town to get groceries and so they're trying to uh, fix that problem and it's like it's good people right there Mm -hmm. yeah that's really nice they did seem very genuine and they both just made it a very strong point that once they got rid of the stuff, they became 10 times happier. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can't even imagine because sometimes I get overwhelmed looking in my room at all. Like like I said, it's just like a lot to look at um, in a room. I can't imagine what it's like to have a whole house of just everything and anything. Like, that seems right. so overwhelming. Right. I mean, I can imagine that once you're not in that room and you're in an apartment, all of your stuff would spread out and then it would be maybe even more minimalist looking and feeling. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Especially because I have 
such big furniture and I don't think that when I move out I'm going to take it with me. I might take like one or two things but it's so big that I know that we're probably not going to be able to fit it or it won't it will take up too much space. Um, so either I don't know if that means I'm going to sell it or if I'm because uh, I think the most logical thing would be to like sell it and then um, use that money to buy used furniture. I don't know I'll get to that road when I or a bridge when I, how do you, what's that? I'll cross that <laughs> bridge when cross I can't it. do it. There we go. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. But yeah, uh, the no, things yeah, that I do just... take will spread out evenly because I do have CJ's giant desk in here because he can't fit it in his room. So mm-hmm. I know that that's going to be like our desk and instead of having all of my little like crystals and candles and stuff on it, it's going to be like his gaming and then maybe my plants. And so I think once all of our things like come together, it's going to look really nice and we'll be able to have like hints of him and me throughout our little living space and I'm so excited for when that gets to happen but who knows when that's going to happen now because Rona got other plans for the whole world so rude (laughs) rude I know I've been calling her Rona too (laughs) Miss Rona she doesn't even deserve it she's so rude (laughs) no it's 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 pretty intense. Uh, I would, I guess, I wanted to say this on social media today, so I'll just say it in the podcast. Uh, if you watched last week tonight uh, with John Oliver, you can find the segments on YouTube as well. Like, um, is he the South really... African guy? Um, I don't think so. He's British, um, and he, he's an he's an actor, and he was on Community, and he was on um, what do you call that show? John Stewart's show, whatever, and. Yeah, so he... Oh, no, it's not the South African. That's Trevor Noah. I was like, who's South oh, African? Oh, okay, okay. So, um, but it's a similar show. It's on HBO, and it's an hour long, and he covers, like, all of the news, and it's... Uh, and he'll do, like, a large segment, um, like, unpacking something. So he's been doing uh, the last two, like, coronavirus episodes, and it's very eerie because he has to do it in a room by himself, and it's usually, like filmed in front of an audience Mm -hmm. but anyway this is all to say I listened I watched it last night and um I think it's uh an episode to watch just to have kind of more awareness of what's going on with the coronavirus um because as a person who doesn't really consume that much news I'm trying to like have my my distance with the news yeah and maybe uh you know people listening can resonate with that as well so just like this episode gave me a nice like compact uh information on what's going on right now and it's kind of super intense and um the uh the uh, effort to quarantine social distance and all of that is just like at the utmost importance because we have to like protect humanity (laughs) so anyway it's just like it's it's annoying but it's also kind of like super serious and we need to like be serious about it Mm -hmm. yeah i mean the fact that you and i both have been inside for at least two weeks at least Mm -hmm. i'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure i'm going on like my third and a half fourth week and um i started staying inside before it even became a thing that had to be done and even then it's not being enforced legally in most places in california i know that like la and san fran like the bigger cities might be different but it's like to the point where over the weekend um there's an elementary school down the street from me that i've been hiking those trails since i moved here and every weekend the parking lot is completely full 
and um i know that people want to get outside and stuff but it's like if you see a full parking lot go home like it it goes against the entire purpose of what we're trying to do here and yeah you're outside but that doesn't mean that it's still not like feasible to get something um i actually didn't tell anybody because of the time and what's happening but i actually got sick um i i think three weeks ago now i was having like wavering headaches and I felt, like, really tired, and my arms felt kind of sore, and I didn't know if it was, like, work ca- catching up to me, because, you know, I was working some, uh, six days a week, and so I didn't know if I was just, like, because usually towards the end of the week, usually Friday and Saturday, um, I would get just kind of, like, worn down anyway, but it just kind of felt different, and then the headaches lasted for, like, a good week, week and a half, and wow. then... Um, I didn't feel anything else besides just like occasionally feeling like really tired and it wasn't like crazy super bad fatigue but then I woke up one morning with like a crackle in my chest you know like when you you um start to get like a chest cold like your chest rattles and stuff and so Mm -hmm. you know with everything going on immediately I'm like oh my god (laughs) but I didn't want to go that route immediately um it never really got bad it never i never had any symptoms besides my head hurting sometimes and um a cough which um now is pretty much completely gone except for in the morning when i wake up i have like a little bit of mucus so um other than that i just i only took mucinex once and i used so many and so much uh supplements vitamins and essential oils Mm-hmm. and I'm totally fine but I didn't want to tell anybody because I was scared I was like dude if I tell someone they're gonna think that I like have the Rona and I right. don't because again there was no symptoms I didn't have any sinus like sinus pressure issues um I wasn't sneezing I didn't I don't know just it was literally just in my chest like it just it just kept itself inside of my lungs and it was never you know shortness of breath can't breathe none of that it was just I had a little bit of a cough and once the rattle and stuff went away I started coughing up mucus which is good because that's a productive cough but um yeah that was like only last week that it like it ran its course and now I'm totally fine so that's that's what I've been going through trying to convince myself and I mean I didn't have to convince myself because I knew it was okay but you know those moments where I'm like oh shit (laughs) it's scary (laughs) I know, and then you have all that time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, home. bad time to get sick for sure. But I, I think it was a combination of just feeling run down from work, and I think something was already kind of like brewing inside of me. And then um, I hung out with uh, CJ's daughter, and she got a cold. I just burped a few times, but she was um, showing signs of a cold when we picked her up, which we didn't know about until she was like with us. And then later on during the day, she was like, I don't feel good. And <clears throat> I'm pretty sure I, I got it from her. But okay, yeah, like, we had like the same thing. So she's totally fine now, too. She was coughing like less than I was and everything. That's good. I'm glad you guys are feeling better. And yeah, it is kind of an awkward time to get sick. <laughs> yeah. Usually I'd be like posting about it like... I'm sick, but <laughs> again, I never, I never really felt too bad. Um, I was using this thing I got from Mother's Market called, um, what is it called? It's like biotic something. Let me um look in my pictures really quick because this thing, I, I don't, I never even really fully looked at the ingredient list. It's called Kickass Biotic, seriously heroic, and it's like a herbal dietary supplement. 
and it tastes terrible because it has alcohol in it but it has like a bunch of different like roots and supplements and extracts and stuff and whatever combination of stuff it has going on just completely like knocked out whatever thing I was going through and it towards the end of my sickness I wasn't taking like the last two days I didn't want to take it just to like see how I felt and I didn't feel too well just like my head hurt and so I took it and in an hour I was like fine it was crazy wow yeah it's really really good and I highly recommend it for any kind of like next time you feel any kind of sick or whatever it works amazing and you can get it online too cool all right I'm in (laughs) (laughs) yeah fortunately I've been healthy um throughout this like winter season and once this once we went into quarantine we got cuties and a lot of um we've been eating a lot of salads and a lot of produce and stuff so right. just trying to like eat very healthy and be mindful of that and yeah little rona update <laughs> <laughs> um i was starting to watch a documentary today um called heal mm-hmm. and um it's kind of woo-woo, especially when you first, like, the five minutes, the first five minutes, and especially if you don't or aren't um, affiliated or have any knowledge about just, you know, Weird the stuff. power of energy and, mm. like, the power of positive thinking and stuff. And so I could easily see how people would be like, this is a bunch of bullshit. But um, it was really cool So from what I've seen so far. Um, <clears throat> there's a guy who told his story about when he was doing a triathlon and he was in the biking portion and long story short he got hit by a car and it like um compressed six of his vertebrae and the doctors of course were saying you'll never walk again and if you do you're gonna have to have this type of surgery whatever whatever and he spent like six weeks every day for like two to three hours a day basically reconstructing his spine and his mind basically like doing a reconstruction meditation and um saying that like there is no other option like i'm going to heal and 12 weeks later he was training again whoa yeah with no surgery with no obviously not being paralyzed (laughs) um and uh it talks about just like how stress takes a hold on your body and your immune system and uh how there's just all other it's kind of eastern based um Mm -hmm. the beliefs and the medicine and stuff and um just how the power of the mind because i mean if you think about placebo Mm -hmm. it's a very real thing and if you think a thing is doing something for you it's going to do something for you Mm -hmm. whether or not you're aware of it because it it goes down to like a cellular structure you know Mm -hmm. so um i thought that was really interesting and i just wanted to share that because i know a lot of us got a lot of free time on our hands (laughs) Right. If it's a documentary you're interested in, it's on Netflix. That's awesome. I am interested in it. I've actually have met two people who have had um, cancer and have cured themselves from a plant-based diet and like mindfulness practice. Mm -hmm. So I think that I'm like very much a believer that that is something that can happen. I've also like listened to a podcast where the guest had a, a tumor in his brain and he like meditated his tumor away i mean what did you say that what is 
he did like mental... a reconstruction like a reconstruction like he just like envisioned his spine vertebrae by vertebrae from the, his very top one all the way down to his um tailbone just all of them being reconstructed yeah it's like the power of the mind is like insane and yeah. once you start like practicing with it it mm-hmm. it's only it can just blow your mind you don't even know your mind could do stuff like that <laughs> yeah because um an example that one of the women gave was just like, I was always so fascinated as a kid when you would get a, 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 um, a scratch or a cut or something and you put a bandit over it and a few days later it was gone. And that's our body's natural intelligence knowing what to do. And so if it knows what to do in a very simple uh, situation like that, imagine what it knows how to do when you have cancer or when you need to heal from a broken bone or mm-hmm. something like that. And, um, yeah, like you said, the mind is capable of so much more than we're aware of. And, um, you know, it, like someone in the, in the documentary had said, like, um, something about positive thoughts lead to positive whatever, but like toxic brings like toxicity into your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're, I mean, I don't know if this is just me, but for example, there was this girl that I went to school with last year and she was always sick, but she was always just in general, just, she's just a very negative person and like always kind of just moody and stuff. And I could tell that I, I, I felt like there was a direct correlation. Like I feel like a lot of people who get sick a lot either aren't healthy uh, mentally, emotionally or physically or all three. Like I know that a lot of people who eat really shitty, they get sick a lot. Um, and so it just it's all direct correlation with each other like the things that you bring into your body thoughts emotions and food have a 100 percent direct correlation with how your body responds and how you respond and how you are as a person and you know what's happening on the inside and everything like that i just think it's fascinating mm-hmm. me too um kind of like went to a rona update (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i mean i feel like it's inevitable yeah that's what i was kind of thinking is that like every time it's like something that everyone is going through so Mm -hmm. i feel like it would be kind of interesting to kind of not talk about it (laughs) yeah i think it's unrealistic and it may be even a little naive because we can sit here and pretend like none of this is happening, but the fact of the matter is that it is happening and it's our reality at the moment. And the more that we try to suppress it, the more frustrated and angry and depressed we'll be over it. Mm-hmm. And the more that we can just accept that this is the way it is for now and just live day by day, then I think the better off we'll be. Cause I know that right. in the beginning it was just kind of like, Oh, like this can't be a big thing. And then it's developed into what it is Denial. now. Yeah, denial, basically. I think it just, for some reason, America has this, like, well, I don't think. America has a superiority complex. Yeah, Yeah. and we think that we're untouchable and that, like, whatever happens outside of here can't happen to us. And that's just Mm -hmm. not true because we're all human. And I think that it's starting to break down a lot of walls and a lot of barriers. And we're starting to see through a lot of stuff as uh, inside of America as a whole, especially the government and the way that they're handling this. Mm-hmm. And um, I was telling CJ yesterday that it's it's exciting, but also terrifying to think about how nothing will ever be the same after this. I'm on the side of being excited. <laughs> <laughs> it is exciting, but it's also just scary to know that like the walls are breaking down. And it's scary to know what's been going on 
behind the scenes this entire time and it's also scary to know and to really see and to really feel how much the government and just everybody in the higher-ups just don't care about anybody else especially just like you know the people who are struggling the most and it's stuff that we've known for a long time but now that it's like you know full frontal (laughs) it's fucking in our faces it's just I don't know it's really insane and these things that I'm still unaffected by I'm I'm still seeing and I'm still feeling and I'm still wanting stuff to be done differently because again although I'm not necessarily directly affected yeah I don't have a job after having two and yeah I'm not working after working six days a week um, I'm still in a house and I don't have to worry about rent and I still have food and I you know have a place to sleep and so I think I have it really really good and I'm very grateful for that but I still want to see the people who deserve better to receive what they deserve and if there's a way that I can help I would love to do so yeah I think it's tough right now to figure out how we can help as individuals Mm -hmm. but I think that yeah it's an opportunity to um I don't know be more reflective and figure out what's gonna this is just a huge opportunity for change and I think that um the American people have the opportunity to you know speak up I mean we're all home on the internet (laughs) yep so we can express ourselves. I don't know. The, the, there was a clip that I heard that I watched on the John Oliver episode last night. And it was just absolutely infuriating. I felt my blood boiling about how Donald Trump just twisted something about coronavirus and started saying something about the polls and how it's just a reflection of he just twisted it and said that the people are doing this because of the polls and trying to make him look bad in the pools or something like that. And I was oh my like, god! Like this has anything to do with that right now? Oh, I know. Did you see right? that he tweeted about how his ratings surpassed the final episode of The Bachelor? No, I did not see oh that. Oh my god! Good. Um. Anyway. <laughs> oh yeah. So anyway, it's just this. This is a. <sighs> a time of transformation and i think it's long overdue and i think that the earth was trying to tell us stuff for a really long time and we kept on ignoring it so it's like Mm -hmm. stay in your motherfucking house (laughs) and think about what you did (laughs) and i think that obviously the circumstance is terrible and um i don't want people to think that we're taking this lightly because like i said we've been in our house for weeks on end now and we're not going out unless absolutely needed um and i don't want people to think that we're not taking this seriously because we're making light of it and we're seeing a positive side because the darkness is very very evident and it's real and it's there but every single day we get to make that choice whether or not we want to sit in the darkness or not you know just because we know it's there doesn't mean that we have to dwell on it there's always another side to things and there's always a different way to view them and you can't condemn anybody for wanting to choose the happier side you know right and um the universe has a way of doing things that will never make sense to us in the in the moment but who knows maybe 50 years from now it will start to really come together and we'll start to understand why this extremely uh just i don't even know a word to describe it as because there's really no word to really encapsulate exactly 
like what this thing is it's a pandemic and the the fact that we're living through history right now is insane in the Mm -hmm. modern day we're living through a pandemic and that's just crazy and um I don't know man you just have to take it day by day and just cope in whatever Mm -hmm. way is best for you but I feel like there's only so much escapism you can do before you're really gonna have to face what is going on inside and outside of Mm -hmm. yourself so Mm -hmm. um just real quick to backtrack um I know some things that can help others um, are people who are still creating independently. I know on Twitter, people really like to boost each other up um, when it comes to like positive things. So there was a lot of people retweeting everybody's like um, art pages and Etsy shops and stuff. And I bought some art from some local creators. Um, And so if you know anybody who is out of a job, but who like makes music or who has merch or, you know, who creates stuff, anything like that, just helping them, whether it's streaming their music or, you know, retweeting, you know, reposting, buying stuff, sharing stuff, whatever. There's always ways to help people online. You just have to kind of go out of your way to find it. Yeah. And that's kind of like just the energy that you would want to be spreading anyway, is just supporting people and bringing people up. And I feel like we're, I mean, when you were saying we're in a transformation, it's kind of like we're in the cocoon mode and Mm -hmm. we're all like kind of being reflective and learning about ourselves. And I appreciate you uh, expressing like that disclaimer. I'm, this is a very serious moment in our history, but it's also a very like, um, it's an opportunity for change and, and if we're bringing the momentum for positive change, you know, mm-hmm. and not dwelling on all of the crap, all of the bad stuff. Yeah, because, I mean, there's only so much that you can take of it, and there's only so much that's accurate because it's constantly changing, like, moment mm-hmm. by moment. Everything involving this whole scenario is won't be the same day by day so there's only you know so much catching up you can do and it's important to just be informed but also don't overwhelm yourself because it can be very overwhelming Mm -hmm. um and yeah i mean if there's ways that you can help your community or the people around you i'm sure there are you just have to ask and Mm -hmm. i think checking in with people that you know especially those extroverts um making sure that they're doing okay and stuff and especially the you know your elders and everything and I think that this is the time to give if there ever was a time to give it's now right definitely yeah no I think it's a I feel like there's everyone is experiencing something like everyone's having vastly different experiences to what's happening right now and so I think that it'll be valuable to um just respect everyone's journey and how they're handling the situation. It's a very odd situation, um, mm-hmm. or it's just very different. No one probably on earth has really experienced something like this. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just an opportunity to build connection with other people too. Cause I think, I feel like when we're quarantined in, in our, in our homes sometimes and not, uh, I feel like there's like this balance of trying to um, like be kind of isolated and be to yourself, but a need for connection. And sometimes maybe you don't have like the emotional um, energy to uh, connect with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that 
maybe with like some like a meditation or something beforehand or something so that you can like reach out to someone Mm -hmm. um so that you can feel like because sometimes I think people want to connect but they don't want to reach out and or they're just it's just kind of like yeah like I was saying emotional energy like it was just taking too much emotional energy to reach out to someone um I think you need to kind of think about what would happen an hour from now emotionally if you reached out and connected with that person and and then, you know, all of the emotional benefits that you had from being able to express yourself and listen to mm-hmm. another person. Right. Um, I think that that's something that I've been thinking about lately where I, I don't know, I've been feeling kind of off this past week. It's like you're, <laughs> we're like taking every every day by day, week by week. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's this like mental note that I'm trying to give myself, but then also giving other people, because if that's something that you're struggling with, I think that you're going to feel better having the connection. It's like humanity is made for connection and we're being right. very challenged right now on our connection. And so just be bring your mindset back to connection and that you need it and don't continue to isolate yourself because yeah. we're here for you reach out to us mm-hmm. we got our gmail in the show notes and <laughs> and our instagram handles and everything and i would like to continue to show up more online to be there for other people as well because yeah. it's it's challenging and it's it's good to have people who are creating content and and showing up for for the Others. the globe yeah. <laughs> whoever wants to show up on the internet I think with connection, that reminds me and makes me want to um, just talk about the importance of the connection that you have with yourself mm-hmm. because you may live alone. You know, you may not live with mm-hmm. anybody else or you may live with people that you don't necessarily feel comfortable enough talking to about anything. And so if you're going to have to isolate yourself, at least it, it's important to at least be comfortable with who you're isolating with as in yourself right and like i mentioned earlier there's only so much distraction and escapism that you can indulge in before you're eventually gonna have to um you know deal with some stuff and i thought it was really really sad about how many people online were talking about how like being quarantined with my thoughts like you know being alone with my thoughts whatever whatever and just being really negative about it and stuff and that's just very very sad to me to know that most people don't like themselves enough to the point where now that we're in a place where we don't have an option um to socialize that people will still go out of their way to do it knowing that it could kill the lives of other it could kill people just because they can't be with themselves and um I know that for me personally, forced solidarity was the, re- the way that I became comfortable with solitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like this is another one of those challenges. And um, if you never struggle with being comfortable with yourself, because it can be a struggle, then you'll never see how uh, comforting it can be in the end. Like, you know, you have to go through it to get through it. Mm-hmm. So you really got to face yourself and see why it is that you don't like yourself so much and you know do whatever it is that you have to do to heal and it takes time and it takes effort and it takes practice and it takes a lot of time (laughs) but Mm -hmm. you can do it because the most important relationship to have is the one with yourself right I mean because that's what it's gonna it's gonna 
be at the very end. Like, at the very end, it's just going to be you. I mean, there might be someone there, hopefully, you know, but what yeah. if there isn't? So having more comfort in, uh, in loving yourself while you're still, like, you know, theoretically young, I would assume that our audience is relatively young. <laughs> but just, it's important to just go on this journey of self-love as early as you can, I think, because you want to continue to live out your life, you know, loving that person. And like you were saying, I can, I, as well has, I've had moments of uh, unemployment and just, you know, months on end being alone in a house where people would show up in the afternoon and <laughs> the yay, people are back. And so I've gone on this journey where I was very depressed and very anxious and very alone. And, um, and I think that uh, a mindfulness practice is going to be, it was for me very healing. And so if you feel those feelings right now, I mean, I think that they can come and go for a lot of people um, that, uh, you know, go to Insight Timer, the meditation app, journal. We have like, you know, all of our self-care episodes and listen to podcasts, read, like there's so many things that we could be doing right now to, you know, move towards self-love and um, yeah. True. We are True definitely, Grace and I are definitely available to help with that as well. Um, it's just, it's, it, there's, <laughs> it's interesting how it kind of is happening at the same time for millions of people to have to like be with themselves. Mm -hmm. But I have faith that people can move in the, in a, in a good direction. Um, but yeah, no, there's also the infuriating side where people are still not practicing social distancing and quarantining. And it's like, fortunately they're getting more, uh, shame for that because it, it's not appropriate. It's very irresponsible for mm -hmm. humanity. Like what the fuck? Yeah. So <laughs> I know I, again, have, I haven't seen anybody besides my one friend, um, a couple times throughout this time because she works at a vet so she doesn't interact with people and she lives at in a very small basically a room with her mom that's the only people that she's around so um I've seen like a lot of people say it's like really like going to your friend's house isn't social distancing and stuff like that and I definitely agree you just have to make sure that if it's if it's going to be somebody make sure it's one person one person that you know who they've been around and you know obviously long enough to know if they have any symptoms but I haven't seen her in like a, a week or two mm -hmm. so um but uh that's just me though and she obviously well not obviously because you don't know her but <laughs> she doesn't like being in a very small room with her mother so she would prefer to be here where she has her own space and when she stays over I let her sleep in my bed by herself and I sleep with my boyfriend in his room downstairs so um I think that there's safe ways to do it but what I was getting at is that I wanted to see Mary Kate she's like no I was like okay <laughs> that's fair I was like you don't even want to go on a hike <laughs> she's like no I, I just feel guilty and I was like yeah I understand and I wasn't like trying to push it or anything I just said like let's go on a hike or like let's go sit somewhere outside where we're like far apart but yeah six feet know, apart yeah, yeah she no. like wasn't about it and I was like okay I understand guess I'll see you next year <laughs> <laughs> um Keith and I got a gardening plot this past week so we're in a local community garden 
Oh, fun. And so we had our orientation yesterday, and the woman who runs the garden was very adamant about her six feet distance, and I was like, I very much appreciate this. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think, just fortunately, we're on the trend of understanding the importance of all of that. Um, So that's good. I think I could. There was one more thing I wanted to say, but I can't remember what it was. Do you have anything else you need to say? Nope. I think I said everything I wanted to say. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess if it's, if it's not going to come to my brain, then I guess we can close. Oh, the, oh, that's what it was because it was an idea that I just had right now. Something that I have been thinking about. Um, but I think would be good for our planted and growing community. I haven't ran this past grace yet, but it would be kind of cool to like have a Zoom party. Aw, yeah, <laughs> if, that like, would be really fun. If anyone in this community wanted to meet other people in this community, then if that is something that interests you, we'll reach out further and, and, and unfold this further. But I think that that would be really good to create connection with this community. Mm-hmm. I agree. That sounds like an awesome plan. Right? I want to just hang out. <laughs> have like a breakfast party. I don't know. Okay. A breakfast anyway. party. <laughs> <laughs> um, we appreciate all of our listeners. We were kind of looking at our our listener count recently, and we appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to our conversations, and we hope that they resonate with you and that um, they're informational, entertaining, um, and especially during this time, I hope that they have given you guys some comfort and uh, started, yeah, started talking about minimalism and went, moved to the Rona. We'll probably talk about Rona next time as well because things will probably develop as time goes. But uh, feel free to subscribe and rate. We've never asked you to do that before. And if you'd like to, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> yes, it definitely helps. And um, yeah, again, just please know that we're always here whether it's a question or if you want advice or just someone to vent to, I look forward to the day where I can start. Well, I guess I could do it whenever I wanted, but I think I need some time to, anyway, I want to be a life coach. (laughs) So (laughs) the more practice, the better. Yeah, for sure. That resonates with me too. So uh, if you guys need any advice or any venting, yeah, just reach out to us because we're very receptive people and if you've been listening to us for a while we'll we'll give you advice if you want it but if you don't want it we can listen yes exactly (laughs) we're always holding space Mm -hmm. well thank you guys for listening and we will catch you in the next one stay safe everyone bye bye